Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly, here to talk all things gymnastics. I've got another great episode for you this week. We're going to be recapping everything that happened in the college world this past weekend. And then we have a very special guest joining us for the second half of the episode, Olympian and now commentator Kathy Johnson-Clark will be joining us to talk all things gymnastics. She's very involved in both the elite and the college side, so we will get all of her perspective on everything going on in gymnastics. So it's going to be a great episode. We're excited that you've joined us. And honestly, McKenna, I think we should just dive right in because there's a lot to talk about now that college season is is really underway. Let's do it. Okay, so one thing that I, I want your opinion on, at this point of the season, you know, it still is really early. So you you can't necessarily think that you're getting everyone's best right now. There's still a lot right. of kinks being worked out. Lineups aren't the way they're going to be come postseason. But still at this point of the season, you, you do know a lot about these teams. So who has been catching your eye so far? There are so many standouts, and it's been really cool to see each program um, kind of climb the ladder each year and get better, and the recruits get better, and so who they bring in gets better, and sometimes coaching changes helps that program as well. So um, just exciting all around the board. Honestly, the first person I can think of when we talked about her last week, um, and plus Olivia Karras has been posting all about her, Helen Hugh, I think that's how you say her yeah. last name, um, from Missouri. She got a 10 on beam as a freshman. I mean, that's insane. That's something that you – definitely going to keep your eyes out on for it. That is something that, how do you get better from that? How, how is her career going to get better as the years go, you know, um, as she has more experience under her belt? I don't know. So freshmen like that, um, there's, there's, I think that's the most exciting part is to look at the freshmen and always to look at the seniors and how they plan to kind of, um, captivate and capitalize on, on the end of their career. But a lot of, a lot of things to keep eye out for. Absolutely. I'm excited about that one. I think she's kind of a bright spot for Missouri right now. And we've talked about this in past. That program is it's kind of Groundhog Day a little bit like every season is Mm -hmm. kind of the same storyline and they're just staying right where they were. And I guess the positive of that is that you're not going backwards. So like that's great. But this this program needs to step it up. And I think if you're Mm -hmm. starting to see recruiting improve, which I think she is a great example of, Shannon Welker is really going to have to build that program from the start. So if you've got freshmen that are contributing like that, I think that means good things for the program moving forward. But I, I do think that there's some 
hidden bright spots around the country, which which is exciting because it takes mm-hmm. away uh, the the repetitive nature of the sport each season. But obviously some different things that I want to talk about and get your input on. And, and the biggest one, I think we'll go ahead and talk about, get it out of the way. Obviously, Oklahoma is dominating once again. They are at uh, a level that just seems ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. So they had back-to-back meets this past week, a Friday and a Monday, and they scored over 198 in both. So not only are you hitting 198s, which some teams won't do that all season, and Oklahoma is doing it in January, they're doing it against SEC teams, which are – very tough competition <laughs> and they're yeah. doing two days apart with like very little rest and recovery time so it it just seems like this is a well-oiled machine with no intention of stopping anytime soon so there are some things to to pick and and the internet has kind of had its run with it as of late so we'll get into For that sure. but i want to talk about their positive first uh what what is standing out to you from them? How are they already performing at this level? Uh, I don't, I don't, I genuinely do not know, even know how to answer that because on the, as I used to be a competitor on the other side of things, those were questions we would always ask, like, how are they doing this? How are they, how do they come out of the gate so strong? How do they compete every meet with the same tenacity, with the same focus? It's like nothing shakes or phases that team. And, that's mm-hmm. kudos to them and, and and the way KJ, and we've talked about this before, the way KJ trains that team and how what she's done with that program. But on the other end of it, it's like it, it's almost expected from them. Um, yeah. I can't imagine the amount of pressure or how, I don't I don't even know if they would if I would say they have pressure because each year they seem to be able to capitalize and the pressure doesn't seem to get to them as they continually come out with the win. And they're super competitive, but it does get a little boring. It gets repetitive. And, um, you know, it, when when you watch them compete against other teams, it's it's not exciting. You, you're excited to watch Oklahoma and how they perform. Right. But unfortunately, there's not that nail biter of a meet when you're competing against them. It's, it's kind of like the Simone Biles scenario where you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to watch Simone and her crazy difficulty. But at the same time, there's no competition, really. That is such a good analogy that Oklahoma is the Simone Biles of NCAA. That is such a good comparison. I love that. And it it is true. It's like if you see Oklahoma on your schedule, a part of you goes, well, crap. Like, right, it's just right. so expected of that program now. They're not just expected to win. They're expected to dominate. And right. there, there is something. Uh, that coaching staff has figured out a formula because year after year, the athletes that are on that team competition does not bother them you don't Mm -hmm. see nerves in them at all honestly you see confidence just like exuded and it's not even anything that they do extra you can just see it in their eyes like no stage is too big for them and they have the talent for it too don't don't get me wrong but the flip side of that and and what the gym turnet begins to argue is actually what you said, that those high scores are expected of Oklahoma, a.k.a. are the judges expecting those high scores because they're judging an Oklahoma meet. We saw a very good example of that this past week. Maggie's beam routine has kind of gone viral on her series, 
She had a very, very noticeable balance check. She leaned over to the side, waved her arm, and she got a 9975, which means one judge gave a 10. 10. This is a huge problem because that is a what I think a clear indication and evidence of what we all suspect exists in gymnastics and that is perception bias not only is it Oklahoma but it's Maggie Nichols and is Maggie capable of a 10 on beam 100 percent this wasn't it right this wasn't it so you were judging based on what you expected to see from her rather than what she actually showed you right the the, the and you can't blame the athlete the athlete has no say it is not their fault. They can't control it. If anything, right. they're probably excited. Oh, I got away with that. Like, I- I've definitely felt that before. I've been overscored plenty of times, and I'm not going to be upset about that. that. That's a score sure. going to my team that I get. But when there's a mistake that big, come on. Come on, yeah. guys. And, and it, poor Maggie's going to get all the brunt of it, and that's not her fault. And she's a gymnast who gets tens by just showing up. I mean, she is as perfect as they come when it comes to the sport. But that almost takes away from the tens that she actually deserves, the tens that she right. gets that are scored tens. That, that, I mean, because she knows. She knows that wasn't her best routine. She knows that was a huge mess up. So for her to be like, how did I get a 10 on vault where I actually stuck it and it was technically perfect and then I go to beam and have this huge wobble and, you know, get this high score, that's what? You're going to tell me a quarter of a tenth close to my perfect vault? Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. And that's where the judging bias becomes an issue. And that's where – I think that the gym internet freaks out because it's it's just it doesn't make sense. Right. And I, I think that the the frustration and the debate is is totally warranted. The problem is we're angry at the wrong things. Like a lot right. of people on social media were, you know, up in arms about Oklahoma gets everything handed to them, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that should be your argument. The problem is that these judges are invalidating the sport. If you yes, want to see yes. gymnastics grow, accurate judging is how you're going to do that because people shouldn't be able to turn on a program or to see it on Twitter and be able to find that many problems. Look what happens in football when a mm-hmm. ref throws, you know, a, a PI call that wasn't pass interference. Like it, it gets people up in arms, but there is enough validation of the rules of the sport that no one starts questioning its importance. And that's right. what we're running the issue of in gymnastics. Like these judges hold a lot of responsibility. It's not just wins and losses. You are helping a growing sport or you're hindering it in this case. That was so spot on. And, and to make a point about football, you don't ever see or really see anyone attacking the athlete for that call being wrong, right? But but it seems like in the gymnastics world, we're angry at the gymnast, like it's her Mm. fault. Like it's not her fault she was an Olympic team member and now she's in college and she literally has 10-0 gymnastics for every routine. That's not her fault. It it, it is frustrating. And I think you're exactly right that we are mad at the wrong wrong problem. And I do think that, you know, it can't be – said enough that Maggie Nichols is a rare breed of a gymnast. Like she is gorgeous to watch. She is powerful. She is as consistent as they come. She got two consecutive tens on vault in back-to-back meets. She got two 995s on bars in back-to-back meets and two 9975s on floor in back-to-back meets. This girl is- magic like it's just crazy to watch so obviously we're nitpicking the beam issue which she would agree with 
But is she a stellar athlete and does she deserve the accolades? Yes. Absolutely. But she needs accurate scoring. And that is on the judges to be more disciplined with themselves and not be distracted by the shiny Maggie Nichols. No, watch the skill. Right. Who's doing them. Right. Exactly. So obviously, you know, there's- between you folks. <laughs> we can wow. wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, they have the Metroplex Challenge this week mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Denver, Alabama, and Georgia. That's like really good competition and, and sure. programs that are kind of trying to figure out where they are right now. Um, yeah. We can talk about Denver a little bit real quick. We mentioned earlier in the season, they usually are kind of a dark horse throughout the season, but their coach, uh, Melissa Kutcher-Reinhardt, said that they're ahead of where they were this time last year. So wow. this is a program that's not staying complacent. Like they are still no. trying to get more. They've got a great sophomore in Alexis Vasquez and senior Maddie Carr, who's really leading that team. I, I think that they're one to watch out for. Yeah. I mean, they proved themselves last year and like they're one of those teams who every year they've gotten better and they've always been a competitive team um, in, in the stars aligned for them last year and they made freaking history. Um, it's always so exciting to see how a team can do that. And it seems like the results from last year just gave them confidence going into this year. If, if their coach is saying they're already ahead of the game from where they were last year, I can't help but think that that's, you know, from what they saw that they can do if they put their minds to it, if they believe in themselves. I mean, the right. gymnastics in, in the college world, it's all there for everybody. I mean, at this point, you're a pro at, at your sport, you're a pro at your skills, and it's pretty much just like capitalizing on what your best events are and doing that for your team. And so for them to come out of the gates stronger than last year, I, I'm very excited to see what, what this program does and, and where they end up. I agree. Another team that's really uh, kind of establishing themselves, but still staying a bit under the radar is Minnesota. I think that Mm. that's an interesting program to keep an eye on. They're number one in the country on beam right now. Wow. If you can capitalize on beam this early which is usually the mount everest for teams right you you could kind of work your way to a really solid spot i love that i love that so much you know they kind of do remind me of a denver in the way that Mm -hmm. they're kind of just showing up they've always had the skills they've always been a good team um and, and, you know, it's it's starting to add up for them and the, the difficulty stacking up and their gymnasts are stacking up. I mean, they have Lexi Ramler, who honestly, her gymnastics reminds me a lot of Maggie Nichols, but I think she's more graceful. Mm. I think Maggie's got more of a sharp edge to her to her grace, yeah. but Lexi Ramler, she's got the difficulty. She has the lines. Oh, my goodness. She just got a 10 on bars, too. And it was way overdue. I mean, that girl is, yeah. she used to be an elite gymnast. She was in the elite scene. So for her to go to Minnesota, that that was a huge recruit that they landed with her. Um, and I'm sure she's helped change the game for them and and how their programs run and, and the people that have joined um, the Minnesota Gopher team. So I can't wait to see what they do. Um, for them to be number one on beam, that's incredible considering that is like you were saying, that's the Mount Everest. That's the event when you go to an off-site meet when you're not at home. That's a meet that they make you end on that event for that reason. Yeah. They know that that's going to get in your head. They know that, you know, that's where the easiest mistakes can come from. The landing deductions, a wobble, a fall. I mean, that's where they're trying to set you up for failure. And for Minnesota to be able to capitalize on that, that's that's so awesome. I agree. Well, we are going to run through the SEC results from this past week. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about 
the pod by eight sleep. I love to talk about sleep. So this ad is always fun for me to do. We need at least eight hours of sleep. Or if you're like me, you need like 10 to 12. But uh, you definitely need at least eight. And one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot or too cold. So it is our pleasure to introduce the pod by eight sleep. This is a high tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. This thing learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. No idea how it does that, but that sounds ideal. So if you like the bed cool or if you like it warm, you can have both. Take your pick. Uh, Plus it's a crazy comfortable bed. So For the next week, you can get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500, but you have to go to 8sleep.com slash pro, so that's the number 8 spelled out, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro. Okay, so let's recap the SEC a little bit. Um, Georgia hit the 197 mark for the first time in a win over Iowa State. LSU defeated Auburn. It was kind of a weird win. That was the lowest beam score at home for LSU since 2011. I think LSU, and obviously you can attest to this, LSU usually has those stars on the team you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I Mm -hmm. I remember early in SEC network broadcasting there was you know Reagan Corville and then there was Ashley Natt and you Sarah Finnegan Lexi y'all's class was really full of stars LSU always kind of has that face yeah and I'm not sure that that's going to be the winning formula this year I think they have those stars, obviously Kennedy Edney and Kaya Johnson, the freshman, they they're kind of a one, two punch in the all around right now, but right. Kennedy actually is, is really kind of still learning where her leadership role is and where mm-hmm. she best fits. I think everyone kind of needs to lead by committee this year. There are so many girls on that team, Ruby Harold, uh, Christina Desiderio, Reagan Campbell, these girls that maybe aren't going to get the same, you know, level of discussion that Kennedy Edney will, sure. but they really need to have a prominent role on this team to get to the level that LSU is typically at. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with personality. And I don't think, yep. I don't think it's, maybe something they even realize. I think because they've always had, um, you know, leaders to look to who've kind of been the voice. I mean, my class Mm -hmm. had Ashley Nat. We had Sydney Ewing. We had Shays and Marty. We had the most dominant, great group um, to look at. And I think we kind Mm -hmm. of, my class looked at each other and we're like, we want to model that. We want to bring the same um, legacy that they brought, the same respect and honor that holds to their class. We want to do that too. So we kind of took it upon ourselves. And I think my class had that personality too. Um, I think, I mean, when we had Jay Clark on the podcast and he kind of said this too, you know, they're still trying to figure out who they are. And so I think, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, with the adversities they're facing, you know, they're not starting too strong. I think that's going to have to have them look at themselves in the mirror and be, who are we? Who do we want to be? And how, how do we do that? How do we bring that together? And that's going to come down to how the seniors um, decide to kind of round that up. I agree. I I think that that's something that has to develop, but 
Honestly, it has to develop sooner rather than later because SEC contests do not yes. get any easier. LSU has Florida this week, which is usually the deciding meet for the SEC regular season. So a lot riding on that. Florida defeated Missouri, but not the same Gator team that we saw in the first outing. They came out week one, guns a-blazing, yeah. and everyone was like, holy crap, Florida. And and this wasn't necessarily as strong. I, there were a lot of weird factors that played into this one apparently there was really bad icy weather in Columbia when they were there the campus actually shut down so I don't think there were a lot of people there and uh the the weather wasn't ideal so there were other factors associated but Florida's gonna have to have consistency they learned that last season too you can have all the talent in the world and have a great meet but if you don't have a great meet at the meet your season's Mm -hmm. over. They did struggle on vault, which they have so much dang power. They always do. Sometimes that can be your problem on vault. Mm -hmm. If you have too much power and you don't know how to harness it, I'm sure you've, I mean, you know, all too well how to kind of balance that uh, finesse and control while having the power that you have to have on vault. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it's hard to, um, or you're so focused on the stick that it's hard to make sure your amplitude's right um, all while landing with control. Sometimes you under-rotate because you have too much power. So it's mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. That's why you got to just turn off your brain and just go autopilot and let your body do what it's supposed to do. But I want to talk about the scores with them real quick because sure. Florida score a 196.85, that's a good score. That is a good score. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, considering how they started, you would have expected like – kind of a Oklahoma situation that a high 198 or are peaking right there. So yeah, hopefully they can establish consistency because their first meet, oh my gosh, they looked they looked freaking good. I was so excited yeah. to see how they performed. It's fun for me to be able to watch them and enjoy watching them because obviously being an LSU gymnast, we I wanted to beat Florida. Any chance I got, I wanted to beat Florida. So it's fun to kind of be, I mean, of course I'm gonna always pull for my Tigers, but it's fun to be a spectator in this aspect. Absolutely. And then Kentucky, I want to give some love to Kentucky. I feel like I'm like their biggest champion because (laughs) I just, I love covering this program. And I think that there's such a unique story as we continue to, you know, I said like Missouri is kind of on the same wavelength that they've been on for a long time. Kentucky's is like steadily rising and it's not like a, a high shoot up. It's like very mm-hmm. gradual. And and yeah. that's really unique to see. Tim Garrison reached his 100th career win this past weekend. They had a quad meet. Uh, Molly Korth, once again, just contributing as an all arounder, like a stud that she is. But I think that we often talk about the seniors that have moved on from some of these big programs. Kentucky lost Alex Highland and Sydney Dukes. Both of those girls were kind of quieter in the grand scheme of NCAA gymnastics, but they were consistent contributors since they were freshmen. They were putting up the scores that were needed. They were qualifying for nationals as individuals all four years of their college career. So Kentucky is having to fill very big shoes. They're just not as vocal and as bold about it as some of these programs, but they had three consecutive 9925s on floor. They've got Ella Warren, who kind of has similarities to Molly Korth as far as really consistent in the all around. Like this is a program that's rebuilding every time they lose somebody. Absolutely. They, I feel like anytime LSU at least has competed against Kentucky, it's like we're, we're cheering for them. If you look at their scores from this past meet, 
they have phenomenal scores. Floor, their their last three girls, Warley, Warren, and Korth, went nine nine two fives back to back to back. And then they had two strong scores or lower scores, but still strong, a nine eight, nine seven, seven five, and, and then their first girl up had had a pretty rough score. Um, but if you look at all of their event scores, they've got huge scores with a couple mm-hmm. mess of beam they had, I mean bars they had, it looks like three falls. So for them to still come out with I mean, not bad of a of a final team score. If they put this all together at the right timing, they're yeah. they're not gonna be one that you wanna count out. I agree. I mean, this is a team that's really been vying and some years achieving the night session at the SEC championship. Uh, obviously, the day mm-hmm. session is the right. lower four seeds and the night session is the highest four. And they've beaten Alabama out for that night session. So this is a program that is growing and they are doing it quietly and gracefully. And then all of a sudden they're in the night session of the SEC and everybody's like, oh, wait a minute. They're they're really establishing something. And I credit Tim Garrison for what he's doing. A hundred career wins. I mean, clearly that's that's a showcase to what he's building in Lexington. So certainly a lot of exciting things going on in the SEC. Like I said, the big LSU Florida meet will be this week. That one always has a ton of eyes on it. So Things will only get more exciting from here. Well, like I said at the beginning, we have a very special guest. Kathy Johnson-Clark is going to be joining us here in just a second um, to talk all things gymnastics. But before we bring her in, just want to tell you guys about my bookie. Do you want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. And if football's not your thing, no worries. MyBookie has it all from the NBA to the Premier League. It has the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your cash from my bookie. Bet, win, and get paid. All right, everybody, that's enough from McKenna and I, the real reason that you're all here. We are so excited to be joined by 1984 Olympian and now ESPN commentator, Kathy Johnson-Clark. Kathy, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. I'm so excited to be with you guys. We're so glad to have you. Kathy and I have crossed paths in the broadcasting world and worked together, and I have been lucky enough to hear so many of her stories uh, from her time in the sport. I've said I think a movie needs to be made about her life because she has (laughs) so many stories that truly just sound like a movie scene. So we're going to dive right in and uh, and pick her brain a little bit about the sport. Kathy, like I said, when we've talked about the sport, I always could tell your love for gymnastics. And and you always made it a point to talk about the artistic side of gymnastics. I think that's even something that you still bring up during commentating. And and that was something that you did so effortlessly was keep the artistic side in the sport. I, I would love to get your input on where the sport is now. Do you think it's gotten too far from the artistic side? Yes, but that said, let me be really, really clear on this because, okay, I'm, I'm 60 years old, all right? Um, older than your mom, McKenna, by quite a bit. She was a, she was a youngster on our team. but So I recognize fully 
that though I am still very involved in the sport and, and, and I have a microphone, I am very well aware that it, it's not my sport anymore. Like I don't own it. It has evolved. And all, even during my years, we have watched this sport evolve. The equipment has changed. It's gotten better. It's allowed uh, for more difficulty. Um, it, it, it demands more difficulty because if you're going to have that kind of equipment, you better do a lot more difficulty on it because we literally tumbled on a piece of carpet. Okay. When I first started. <laughs> so, so I, I want it to belong to this generation and I want it to belong to future generations. That said, I think it's important that we recognize what is also important in the sport of gymnastics. And until they completely throw out the code of points, all of this still exists in terms of sure. artistry, execution, form, all of those tools for judges to use to separate routines um, appropriately and correctly in all areas, difficulty, execution, form, artistry, all of it. And I, I never like to see one part of the sport elevated above the other. They should sort of be equals is the way that I see the sport. So that when we do see a perfect 10, for me, that perfect 10 should belong to the routine that excels in all areas, sure. that has a high level of difficulty, that has precise te technique and all mm -hmm. the skills for dance and for acrobatic elements. And then presentation, form, artistry, all of those things. So then those, those scores, they're up in that 995 to 10 range, those should be sacred. You inevitably have athletes with strengths in different areas. So you sure. might have one, the artist, one, the acrobat, right. um, one, the, you know, the power, the strength and just the athleticism in some people's gymnastics. And then on the other side, you might find an athlete that um, that excels with form and, and execution and artistry. So and then the judges need to be able to sort that out, mm -hmm. you know, and and recognizing. I think that's the other thing we need to make clear and people need to get over it. It's a judged sport. Yeah. It's a judged sport. So it's going to be subjective. And in an effort to try to make things too objective, we mess that up. Mm -hmm. Because you've not trained judges to be sophisticated and have a keen eye for everything. On the other end of it, when how do you feel, and I feel like you kind of touched on it, how do you feel about this judging bias. Um, there is, there seems to be a huge buzz on the gym internet um, that yep. you know a certain score or certain, excuse me, certain schools, certain leotards um, tend to get higher scores with very evident, very blatant flaws. Do you agree with that? Do you, as a commentator, see that? What are what are your thoughts on the flip side of you know kind of this bias scoring? Anytime people try to drag me into um, the conversation on the gym internet. Mm -hmm. um, because it happens often, right. or even when I think through my commentary, my I want to say, be careful what you ask for. For sure. Because this is not, this, this is a widespread problem. This is a cross-the-board problem. If you want me to agree with you, which I probably would, yes, those were overscored. 
Absolutely. Right. But now do you want me to tell me which one of yours are overscored? Because I right. will. Right. Um, they're right. all over. They are all overscored. All over to be clear, they are all over. All the scores are too high and too tight is the problem. Yeah. And we've pushed those scores up into, you know, honestly, nine, eight, five to 10. Oh, you've got a point and a half spread. And right. sometimes a, literally one, one little point to separate extraordinary from great from good mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. average. So my, obviously when you see a routine that has an obvious mistake um, or an obvious, an obvious flaw, right. Um, a balance break, obviously a fall, but a balance break, um, a, a step, a hop, a missed handstand, really flexed feet or bent legs or legs way apart. You know, those, those that jump out at you or a balance error on beam. You have to take the deduction. Right. Here is where the problem is. Let's say the most perfect performer goes up and does an exquisite routine, flawless. Okay. I mean, obviously I can always find errors, but, uh, and even flaws. <laughs> Because nobody's perfect, okay? And right. I can find right. them if, if you ask me to. I will tell you and I'll show you. They jump out at me like, like they're painted in fluorescent paint. <laughs> but flawless by the standards that we have. I've seen a few really flawless routines. If that gymnast in a particular competition has a slight misstep, okay? Crossover step or a little step on a landing or whatever. You have to deduct for that, and they will. But I will tell you that routine was still better and should have outscored a routine that was hit, hit, and I'm doing air quotes here, hit, no step on the landing, no hop, hit every handstand on, whether it was bars, not one tiny balance break, everything was solid as can be, but it was flawed throughout. Maybe they did the entire routine flat-footed or sickle-footed or soft knees or soft posture. And I use that word all the time, soft. It's not a, an error. It's a flaw and flawed throughout the routine. That should be a cumulative deduction. Right. I think the problem, and obviously to the trained eye, your eye, you see those things, you know those things, gymnasts know those things as well. I think the issue lies because the college gymnastics fan base is a lot of untrained eyes, a lot of uneducated people that are used to these big scores. So when they see, right. like you were saying, a hit routine from start to finish, they are expecting a big score. They don't see all the bent knees. Right. They don't see the the lack of artistry yeah. or, or the honestly, the lack of self-confidence that even plays into part that people don't know. Right. Um, That's performance. They don't see mm -hmm. those things. And like you're saying, you know, that little step in the landing, they're going to blow a big storm about it. Because honestly, they are not fully educated on the sport. They just see these scores and expect it to happen. And they're not incorrect, honestly. There are, obviously, there are, are meets that I've covered. And, and in certain, sometimes it's, it's in certain conferences where there is slightly more forgiving judging, uh, where they're not, like, all of the scores are big, though. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want to dismiss that lightly. Everybody out there who loves this sport, we are in a really exciting time in college 
gymnastics where he, we have a phenomenal product. We are growing an audience. Um, more and more people are tuning in to see really fun, joyful, you know, competitions. I don't want to lose that. At the mm -hmm. same time, I want to make sure that as we grow this audience, that we do right by, by the product, by, I, I, I do make comments sometimes that it is, it is geared toward the judging. It is geared toward the judges, trying to tweak them just a little bit. Look for this. I'm pointing it out, and, and I've just said there are flaws, and you just threw a 995. <laughs> it's like, hello? There's something not right here. Uh, let's, let's work on this. Let's educate our audience at the same time we tweak ourselves, that we, that we um, check ourselves, too. And I do think those distinctions are so important. This is a challenging sport to televise, and it's difficult to try and get everything into the television window and feel like you can discuss it appropriately for people that maybe don't have the background and the understanding. And I know mm -hmm. key priorities are to educate and entertain, but that's a very unique balance. And I don't think enough people understand all that's going into the broadcast and everything that you're trying to get out to the people that are, that are viewing this. But I mean, Kathy, you have been involved in this sport for a long time in uh, different aspects, the elite world, the college world. Where do you think the landscape of the sport is now as far as, as growth and appreciation for the sport? Um, it's at an all-time high, uh, certainly in college yeah. gymnastics. Um, and, and obviously, we can't ignore um, the issues that we've had in this sport and, and the trauma and the damage done. Um, and it has shown a very harsh light on our sport. And for me, the way we should look at it is we've been given an opportunity. We've been given an opportunity to all of us, everybody involved in the sport, to make gymnastics what it should be for everyone. Right. And we can do that, okay? As, as I said, every single person in our sport should feel like collectively we are the eyes, ears, and conscience of our sport so that everything we see, everything we hear, everything we say, everything we experience in the sport, that we can and are willing to examine it, talk about it, and and move forward and do what we need to do, make changes that we need to make change um, to make the sport what it should be for every single person. Kathy, you're continuing to be a champion for this sport and, and you're continuing to do great things. So we certainly appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and best of luck the rest of this season. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys too. You're doing a great Thanks, thing because Kathy. the more people talk about sports, we can sort through all this together. In the meantime, just enjoy yeah. the heck out of these performances, these teams. That's exciting every Friday for us and, you know, days in between. It's really, really cool. We agree.
All right, everybody, that wraps it up for us here on Chalk Talk. As always, thank you for listening to us each and every week as we break down all things gymnastics. Make sure you subscribe, listen to us every week, tell your friends, tell your loved ones. Let's get everyone listening to Chalk Talk. Uh, McKenna and I will be back next week, so thank you for listening. 2020, a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.